Federal prosecutors have just unsealed charges against an alleged cyber theft ring that's accused of stealing $45 million from banks around the world. Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this cyber heist today with Aviva Lighten, Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. Aviva, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me. Thank you, Tom. So, Aviva, the news is sort of uh, breaking around us. From what you've been able to gather so far, what's the significance of this event that's getting so much attention now? The significance is that this can still happen in 2013, despite the fact that the banks know about these types of heists. And secondly, the amount of money that was stolen in such a coordinated manner really is unprecedented from this type of heist. As someone pointed out to me, you couldn't print money that quickly. Uh, That's true. It's much easier to steal digits than it is cash. I started thinking about what the precedent is, and what comes to mind to me is RBS WorldPay. How about to you? Do we have precedents in this type of a heist? Yes, that's exactly the one I thought about. In 2009, they stole about $9 million within a very short period by the same type of tactics against payroll cards, which are essentially prepaid cards, and they did it the same way. Well, that's my next question. How can such a heist like this happen? From what you know, how did it happen? From what I've been told and what's been in the news is that the criminals broke into two Middle Eastern banks. It may have been their processors, uh, but they got into their prepaid systems lifted the limits on those cards, set the access codes for the plastic cards, just printed ATM cards and went to ATM machines around the world debiting those prepaid cards that had very high values on them. So the lesson learned here is that those systems were not well protected. Some some simple controls such as monitoring privileged user access getting a big alarm bell when someone lifts the limits on the account could have stopped this. I mean, just monitoring the privileged users and looking for limits being lifted. Uh, they could have put dual controls around lifting the limits. They could have put controls about withdrawals against those cards. It doesn't look like there were very many controls put in place both on the internal systems used to manage the cards and on the systems used to manage the disbursements against the cards. So likely this is not a technology issue. It's an organizational and a process issue. So banks are certainly going to be talking about this. Banking customers are going to be talking about this. What's the message to financial institutions from this event? Well, hopefully the financial institutions around the world are paying attention to this and looking again, at their processes, at their organization, at the technology. And just by putting some basic controls in place and making sure there are people in their uh, organizations that are monitoring the controls, most of this can be avoided with just basic controls, basic technology, and good organization. And I think that most of the financial institutions that you and I deal with are up to speed, have learned their lessons, but there's tens of thousands of banks around the world and processors around the world that probably aren't as up to speed because they haven't been subject to as much security breaches as we have in the West. Uh, So there's still a long way to go before the entire global financial system is up to date. 
but hopefully uh, the banks and the processors that are listening to this, that are looking at this, will just spend a little time reviewing their own processes and making sure this doesn't happen closer to home. Aviva, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Sure. Thank you, Tom. I've been talking with Aviva Lighton, Distinguished Analyst with Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.